Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Oh, hey. boy. Hey, hey, hey. I'm 889's Justin Party. I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And this is Cinebuds. Today, we are talking about All In, the fight for democracy. If the power of the right to vote was truly made available to everyone in America, it would change the future of this nation. Christopher Pollard, do you want to tell us what All In, the fight for democracy, is about? It's about a fight for democracy. Whoa! Yeah, it's actually, it came to me at such the right time. Uh, It came to all of us at the right time, to be honest. But it's something I was, I'm very particularly interested in and knew very little about. But the film is a look at the history and current situation having to do with uh, voter suppression in the United States. The ways in which politicians make it difficult for certain people to vote because it uh, favors them in their elections. Right. So that fight for democracy is the fight for the right to vote. Yeah. And it kind of hinges on Stacey Abrams. She is a... um, Beautiful, bright, shining star in the sky. For real. Yeah. My God. It's like I've heard her speak a lot before, but... See, like seeing her on camera is something else. She yeah. ran for governor of uh, Georgia against Brian Kemp, and uh, uh, and then she she's made this documentary. She was on like the shortlist for VPs for a while, and she you know is a rising star in politics. And she lost her race um, because of, of voter suppression, and uh, you know then she has made this movie about it, and they go through the history of voter suppression, how it's always been a thing. And it, it really makes you realize, I, I, I think for a lot of us that just, that, that, that vote and, you know, have lived in the de- democratic system forever, you, you take it for granted and you think, well, it's voting. We always talk about how yeah. we're the greatest country because we have the right to vote because everyone has their say. And then it shows you how like systematically from the beginning, um, the our democratic system has tried to shut people out of that and tried to take away their right to vote and how it happened in the past and then how it's happening right now. Christopher, what did you how, what did you think about the movie? How'd you like it? I mean, it's it's a complete, completely important film for right now. And I genuinely believe everyone needs to watch it. And right now, when I say that, we're, we're, we watched a movie about voter suppression. There's going to be a bunch of people listening, though, like, oh, that sounds boring, or that's just, I'm just not into politics. F- f- just push past that feeling right now. Yeah. Really? I'm talking to you specifically. Because there, there, anyone who's interested, you're, you're already in. You're already all in. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if you're feeling that, push through that and just take two hours, less than two hours, and really and watch this on Amazon Prime because it is the most important I genuinely believe at the base, everything that we want to change, anything you want to be different, this has to change first. Yep. So, I I mean, I just genuinely think it's one of the most important films that could be out right now. 
Me too. And I was I was also impressed at the speed of which they made it. There are yeah. clips in there and there are there they talk about the Wisconsin primary that happened in April. Yeah. Uh, I mean they and they talk about events more recent than that and I was so surprised and at how quick they made it cuz usually that can be a sign that it, you know they rushed this thing so yeah. that they could get it out right now but it is done with so much care and yeah. so much effort was put into like the history and going back and and then also including things that are extraordinarily up to date. Yeah. And Wisconsin is featured a lot in it. So definitely for any of our Wisconsin viewer uh, listeners, we're featured a lot. It's it's a great not a great representation of Wisconsin, though an accurate one for right this second. So we it's really something that I think will will kind of wake us up. And we're going to talk about it right when we come back. Milwaukee will decide this presidential election. In a state that cast nearly 3 million ballots this last election, it came down to just 23,000 votes. So Milwaukee can decide the state. And our state's 10 electoral votes are the most important in the country. So Milwaukee is the most important city in the country in this election. So your vote could decide the election. So vote. If you have questions about anything, go to RadioMilwaukee.org slash vote. This year, film lovers with select smart TV devices can experience Milwaukee Film Festival October 15th through October 29th by watching on their home televisions. Info about Associated Bank's Milwaukee Film Checking at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC. Hey. That is what you will feel like after watching this. It's like I know. I woke up I woke up and I crunched some stats this morning. Oh, you did some stat crunching? I've been doing a lot of stat crunching. I've been like at 88.9, we were there in December I put together this big plan and I was like, if we do not do everything humanly possible. <laughs> To get everybody to vote, right? Then I do not know what we are doing as an organization. Yeah, it's like it is our mission to be a catalyst to create a better, more inclusive, and engaged Milwaukee. And right. I was like, there is nothing more that engaged actualizes that <laughs> know, more exactly. than voting. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I put together like a huge voting plan that we're like our DJs are talking about voting. We got promos for voting. We have artists talking about voting. We have like Instagram stuff about voting. Oh, and so great. I've been doing like a lot of a lot of number crunching and I've been like putting that all together. So I got some stats. Um, and also as a warning to people, we will probably be talking about our political persuasions. <laughs> Okay, well, one thing, uh, back to All in the Fight for Democracy, uh, I thought, I, I think, really, it's, it's, a, it's a documentary about voter suppression, and you think, why would people suppress the vote? And uh, Stacey Abrams handles that, of course, in an eloquent and simple way. Uh, there's, like, kind of, like, at the beginning, she said, well, there are, there are two choices when she's talking about more people voting for Democrats than Republicans. Yeah. And she said, well, there's two responses to this. One, as a Republican, you can be responsive and you can 
open the doors to people and you can reach out to the audience that you don't have or two, you can be suppressive. Yeah. She's like, there's two options, be responsive or be suppressive. And it's a lot easier to be suppressive. And uh, that is what people have been doing since the very beginning. She talked about the Mississippi plan of 1890, where there were poll taxes, literacy tests uh, that were literacy traps, grandfather clauses, and all of this stuff that happened in 1890. And it moves all the way up to today with voter ID and the way that that suppresses people. Yeah. It, I felt like it was, it was a lot of stuff that that I feel like I, I know and I hear about because I am a political and news junkie on this, but put it all together. It really is a, a shot of this thing that we hold sacred, voting. The thing that we say that all people should do, the foundation right. of our democracy on how that has been suppressed through time. And why would we stop people from doing that? But the ways, but you see why, because that is an affront to people's power. And then the ways at which it has happened through the years and years and years. Um, it's just really incredible. To and see. it's interesting because they, they do talk about how it's not, or it hasn't always been entirely Democrat and Republican uh, on this issue. There are Republic, a lot of Republican presidents that kept extending yeah. it. Uh, Reagan did, George W. Bush did, uh, happily, because they understood that a fundament of democracy, if we genuinely believe in democracy, and we don't just wave a flag around and use it for uh, propaganda, if we genuinely believe in democracy, we want everyone to vote. And the idea behind this country is that the will of the people, what most of the people want, that's what they should get. And then you should represent them. Yes. I have long believed that that has that has not happened <laughs> in a very long time. That doesn't yeah. happen because we this country is set up, and I've seen more and more, and I am awakened more and more. Not because I've observed it, because people have had to point it out. Because I'm a white guy, I grew up in the Midwest, middle class ish. Um, mm -hmm. So I, everything was catered to me and my experience. Because everything is set up in a very European, Anglo, white, forward kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, a great example, this is kind of an off, uh, going off the path a little bit. A great example is that thing that happened last year where the young African-American man who had long braids and he was in the school, I think maybe a private school, mm -hmm. was denied going to graduation because he, he defied the school's dress code and hair code. His hair was too long. They had a code for how your hair has to be in school. He he even went along with it. He kept it up in like a up in like a like a ponytail or braid or something. <laughs> Not a ponytail. Mm -hmm. uh, like a uh, like kept it up higher. Held it up higher. Uh, but it went a tiny bit below their requirement. He was denied this, and it. I had a bunch of people, I heard a bunch of people say, well, I mean, he knew what the regulation was going in or, you know, the school has rules and you have to apply, you have to, uh, you have to go by the rules. The, the problem is those rules are set up specifically for white people's appearances. Mm -hmm. So they say a hair that is different is distracting. First of all, if you are a high school kid, everything is distracting. That kid's hair yeah. is the least of their concerns as far as distractions. But you're essentially saying something that's different than white people's hair, than typical styles for young white men, that's too distracting and we don't want it. Now, I understand in their minds, they're not thinking of it as a racial issue. They're thinking of it as 
this is just a, we set a rule, so we teach them how to obey rules. They don't really put much thought, and they refuse to believe that it's based on race and this kind of white perspective. Sorry, that's all to say is like that's just one example of how this whole country is set up and has been from the beginning to cater to one particular part of our our uh, vast people. Right. And it, but, it's it's shocking when you see how hard people fight to keep people from voting and you know it's just because they don't respect them or they know that they'll lose. Mm-hmm. If they if they open it up to everyone, which is how the country is supposed to run. And if they are going to lose, that means it's the will of the people. Well, it also sets up the persuasions and the arguments that they use to say, um, like, to to counter that or to say that it's, you know, that it's that that's not what it is, that right. these are common sense things right. that people should be doing. You should have an ID if you live in your, you know, if you live where you live and i think a lot of people um a lot of people see and don't have a problem with that and think yes you should have an id but then i have one i've lived in the same house for 20 years and my experience is the same as everyone should be (laughs) yes yeah and it shows kind of like systematically how how all of those things going back to the poll tax and it was like it's like how can you justify a poll tax you know like so much of politics is spin yeah and uh it shows it, it just like every single time you think like, well, how how on earth could they spin their way out of this? Like you hear the spin and then it's like, okay, a bunch of people are gonna believe this. You know, like the 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 kind of like one of the original forms of suppression was the poll tax. And it's like, how could you think that, you know, making people pay to vote is not oppressive? Yeah. And uh, you know, they justified it by saying Having a polling station is expensive. Yeah, Having right. polls are expensive. If it's a thing that you care about, you need to step up and you need to do your part and you need to pay and you need to pay this poll tax. And uh, it's like you you hear that spin and it sounds like you you hear how people could believe that. And of course, we look back. Right. I mean, I don't know. I, we look back and are like, that sounds horrible. And the same thing with, uh, with like, with literacy tests of having yeah. people, and these weren't just literacy, even like foundationally, if you're illiterate, you know, maybe it's because you got a terrible education in the country that you live in and you yeah. want to change that, right. you know, like that, that's not just a reason to, to not vote is cause you, you know, cause you can't read. If anything, that yeah. is, you know, a reason that you, <laughs> you should be changing power. I'm glad you brought it up because that I do think that the absolute star of this film, <laughs> the thing that makes, that really makes it for me is that it answers those questions. It, it deals yeah. with all those things that we think, oh, voter, I have an ID. What What's the big deal about having a voter uh, ID law? It, yes. it speaks to every instance of why that keeps people, uh, poor people, people of color, uh, on and on. It keeps disenfranchised people out of the equation. And it tells you why. And it, it also makes it very clear that the people who are doing this know why they know that that's what they're doing it the Mm -hmm. biggest the biggest uh reasoning people use politicians use for all these restrictions is to combat voter fraud Mm -hmm. this doc and i've heard this before too this doc points out that all the studies done about voter fraud there is there is such minimal (laughs) voter Mm -hmm. fraud that it literally could not affect the outcome of 
an election out of 140 million, 100 and something, 140 million people who voted, a commission that investigated it found only 2,000 alleged examples of potential voter fraud. 2,000 out of 140 million could not affect anything. Yes. Well, when Donald Trump lost the popular vote by 3 million, he put together this commission to prove that there were 3 million uh, (laughs) voters and they came up with nothing and they had to, you know, they had to fold the commission. Um, Which just goes, goes to show that you can say these things and you can say that you're fighting these, but that just, it is, it is all a fight for power as most politics is. One thing that I really liked about this was it showed those kind of bigger things and it's, you know, it's, it's, you can talk about like the theory of it, the poll taxes, the 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 voter ID, how it suppresses people, and uh, politics is is usually a mixture of the the kind of like large scale theoretical things, and then bringing it down to a personal level to show you how that that really matters. I think the best um, the best like individual circumstance in this movie was. Uh, I might say his first name wrong because I just have it written yeah. M A C E O. I think they it's it's Maceo Maceo Snipes. Um, he fought for democracy yeah. overseas in World War II. He he it, it's to to me it was it was like so heartbreaking because here's this man Maceo Snipes um, fights for his country, you know, fights against fascism in Europe, and and you think you know here's a man who put his life on the line who died who was willing to die for this country be you know and comes back and in the south there was all of these voter suppressions for uh for african americans and he voted anyway and was like you know i fought for this right overseas yeah you know i i am you know implementing our worldview on others i should i should be able to to voice that and he votes and the next day, a gang of people show up at his door. They knock on his door, and they killed him. Yeah, and they killed him for voting, even though yeah. he stood up for that right overseas. That was one where it was like, yeah, it hits you in the heart. It hits you in the heart. Yeah. It is like this is real. It's it's infuriating. The doc. Here's the thing. The doc is great. It's important. The doc is great. It's I know. in. It's infuriating. Not the doc, but the the stories they tell. The fact yes. that these things happen in 2020. I, Paul F. Tompkins is a great comedian, and he said <laughs> he was talking about something else, but he likes to point out. He goes, "This year starts in a 20." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to point out how far along we are, and right. yet still such insanely absurd and messed up things keep happening right in front of our faces. This year yes. starts in a 20, and we're still dealing with stuff that happened. In the 1800s, and then you know, uh, yes, we are. Yeah, let's bring it to Wisconsin here. Uh, they yeah. talk about Wisconsin a couple times in the movie. I think one of the best things. I mean, one of the things that I have been hitting and having us hit as an organization is that Wisconsin, the entire state, was decided by less than 23,000 votes, yeah. uh, 22,000 uh, and change. And uh, one of the things that I didn't even know that was brought up in this movie was that uh, voter suppression tactics, like the the voter ID, suppressed uh, 23,000 votes. Right. And uh, the election was decided by 
22,000. Right. And then I have been looking into um, into Milwaukee County specifically and uh, voter turnout in the county of Milwaukee was down by 50,000. Yeah. And from 2012 to 2016, 50,000 people who voted in 2012 did not vote in 2016, despite eligible voters going up. We had more than 5,000 more eligible voters in the county of Milwaukee, but uh, voting was down by 50,000 in the county. Yeah. And the entire state was decided by 23,000. So it is the people that did that did not show up um, because they did not feel that their vote counts or counted. Yeah. Which is a which is a big thing, which I feel like I have been trying to I mean in Milwaukee there is no I I think that there is no more important city in the entire country. Because as a city, we have the opportunity to change the entire state because our state is so close, 23,000 votes, and 50,000 people in the city did not vote. That right. means that the city of Milwaukee has the influence and the swing to swing the entire state of Wisconsin. And if you are looking at like political maps and what's going on, Wisconsin is a swing state, and we have 10 electoral votes, and there's a whole bunch of things that... like. You know, if things pan out right now and if things panned out similar to how they did in the last election, those 10 electoral votes that Wisconsin have have the potential of swinging the entire election of whoever Wisconsin goes for. Whoever we give those 10 electoral votes, yeah. they are likely to win the election. And w Milwaukee has the capacity to change the entire state, which could change the election, which means that the city of Milwaukee, every person's vote matters more than it does anywhere else. We matter the most in the entire country. And so if for after watching this, it was like I was already like inspired by the importance of Milwaukee. Yeah. And now, you know, now more than ever, we need to get as many people in Milwaukee to vote as humanly possible. A hundred percent. First of all, preach. Second, <laughs> uh, another thing that they really pointed out, and I want to point out in this podcast too, is um, not only should you be registered to vote and vote, etc., but you should double check that you are registered to vote because uh, there, again, these attempts to suppress our a right to vote happened without us knowing about it. I, I did I talk to uh, someone who said that their friend did register to vote nine months ago and uh, was encouraged to double check. And it was, she was listed as not having been registered. And she goes, I know I did. I a hundred percent did, but they had her listed yeah. as not registered. So she had to register again. Yeah. We immediately double checked and we are still listed as having registered for absentee ballots. So um, yeah, double check. You can do it yourself by going to myvote.wi.gov. Yeah. That is myvote.wi.gov. I am checking right now, and I am registered at my current address. We are good. That's great. Yeah, I I think I, what I would be really excited about is this, and uh, you know, we're not a particularly political podcast, but this is a very political movie, uh, but it's more about I mean, it's politics, but it's also just about society and our country and genuinely about democracy, maybe for the first time. I think most of the time when people talk about democracy, it's just propaganda. It's just a way to get people riled up. 
um, and it's not always actually thinking about what democracy actually is. This is literally the foundation we are all supposed to choose our representatives. When we talk about that, the thing that I would be most excited about in a candidate for any office is somebody who is interested in restructuring this entire process, how we vote, what votes count, electoral college nonsense. Mm -hmm. One man, one vote is not what we have currently. One, Mm -hmm. One man goes in and votes for another man to vote for us and give a certain number of votes to one candidate or another, depending on the size of our state and the lines that have been drawn by people who want to win. It's Mm -hmm. absurd how complicated of a system they create for a very simple concept. One person, one vote. We should change that. Uh, (laughs) One person, one vote. You want to hear some numbers I crunched this morning? Yeah. This is the population of... The count I did the county of Milwaukee. I've been like putting together these numbers, and I just needed uh, a couple more numbers today, um, <clears throat> and I found them. the The population of the county of Milwaukee is nearly a million. It's nine hundred forty five thousand seven hundred twenty six, yeah. and uh, of that, there are nearly seven hundred thousand, just over seven hundred thousand eligible voters. Of that, the people that voted, fifty six percent of eligible voters voted. So just about half, almost half of eligible yeah. voters did not vote. Of that, 126,000 voted for the current administration, which means that in the county of Milwaukee, the current administration reflects 13% yeah. of the people here. You know, that that's that's who's in charge. And when you when you look at a government and you think this is you know, it's supposed to re- represent all people. And you think, why do people feel disenfranchised? Why do people feel like their elected officials don't represent them? Because, you know, when you crunch the numbers, it's the, they the people don't. in power represent 13% of yeah. the population right now. That is wild. It is insane. The The system is, it, when they say the system is rigged, it, it absolutely is. But more than that, it, it's just fundamentally intended to be rigged. That's why just there's so many areas of the United States who have figured this out. Portland has had uh, mail-in ballots. They vote by mail all the time. They've never, they don't have a problem with it. The idea that it's so fraudulent is preposterous. I do my taxes online. These are my, that's money. That's like, that's our money. That's access to the government. It's access to my finances. It's secure enough for me to not worry about my actual money going through online. Direct deposit. Why can't we vote online? Why can't that be an option for people who have access to that? Why mail in ballots should not be problematic. When you see right. the, the fundamental institution of the post office, being dismantled just so a person can win against what the will of the people that's mm-hmm. authoritarian government. That's, that's akin to dictatorship. Like you're seeing it very clearly and it's amazing. I actually had a conversation with somebody who is voted for and defends Trump on a regular basis. Really never thought that was going to happen. I know we're supposed to have these conversations, but I was like, right, right. I, I do honestly make an attempt to not have those kind of people near me and sorry to be 
So uh, it's not really partisan. He's it's not about Republicans. He's not, I don't think, representative of Republicans, to be very honest. I I think he's a different breed. I think he's a different thing. Um, Everyone is different. Everyone is different. I think he is very different. (laughs) Okay. How so? (laughs) Because I don't think he – like uh, John McCain, I think – uh, is a respectable human being. He ran yeah, as a Republican. Too. I think he may, mm-hmm. I don't agree with what he did as a Republican presidential nominee, but I agree yeah. with a ton of stuff. John McCain as a Republican yeah. fought for uh, ca- campaign finance reform, which is another yeah. fundamental thing that is flawed and that could really make this a true democracy when everything is equal for everybody. I, yeah. I have agreed with a lot of Republican things. It has nothing to do with Republicans. It has yeah. to do with this individual who has weaseled his way into a position and in an absurd fashion. And mm. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I have lost my train of thought. What? <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about this, this guy that you talked to that you feel like. Oh, thank you. <laughs> this is what happens. And I was trying to understand because he seems, he seems like a very decent human being. Yeah. I was trying to understand. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people that, you know, that are Republicans and, you know, I grew up in a largely Republican area and I feel like that's, that's like when, you know, when he won, I was like, it's, it's not like the, you know, the MAGA rally people that you see on TV. I was like, I, I, a lot of people that I know and love, um, voted this way too. And it, you know, it's, there's, there's, there, there is, you know, there is decency there anyway. So I was trying to understand, and we had a, a very a civil, non it was on it was on Facebook, I'll be honest, but it wasn't a typical Facebook uh political conversation. Yeah, it was yeah. very civil, it was understanding. We both mm-hmm. saw things from each other's perspective in an understanding, but I I still had a, a, a this kind of deep sadness and frustration trying to mm-hmm. under trying to understand how all of one thing could not outweigh a few a few particular issues. Right. Uh, but I also realize the way communication works these days, uh, the way the internet works, the way Facebook works and how much information we try to get from things that we shouldn't get. Like the sources aren't always the best mm-hmm. information is so distorted. Propaganda is definitely a thing. I remember when I would see, when I would learn about propaganda in a history class about how they literally dropped pamphlets from airplanes Right. Because they wanted to convince people of something. I'm like, what an absurd one. What an absurd thing to believe is a piece of paper falling from the sky or a political or a cartoon that was printed in a newspaper. Didn't realize the effect that has on people much less. Now we have this entire massive monster database called the internet that is manipulated freely without regulation. So it's so difficult. I realize that the information I get because of what I've looked at on my own comes to me in a very different way than this gentleman got who I talked to. Oh yeah. He's being fed much different things. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a full-time job to see what's real. So I get it. I mean, I get It's just shocking. I read, I know that you read a lot of graphic novels too. Um, there, there, there's a one that I read in, I think it was like 2012 or something like that, called The Influencing Machine. It is by um, Brooke Gladstone, who she does the she does podcast on the media. Have you ever read that, The Influencing Machine? No. 
It is it is such a well done. I mean, I know that you're a graphic novel lover, lover too, and uh, there it was like kind of I feel like at the beginning of the rise of like nonfiction graphic novels, and I was like, okay, I'm into this for sure. Um, it's like those books, like when you had when you were a kid that were like you know illustrated learning books, but like yeah. for adults. And right. I was like, oh, I'm so into this. And it was talking about how the rise of the internet and of uh, of cable news and of these like of siloing and I was like Brooke I think you're being a little alarmist here you know I remember reading it and being like we're like people aren't going to silo like that hard there will still be um, you know good independent you know like people aren't going to just like go into their into their corners and uh, here we are yeah 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 I know I should say, by the way, just on the safe side, that the viewpoints of Christopher Pollard are not those of Milwaukee Film or <laughs> Radio Milwaukee. They are solely mine, and I should be the only one. <laughs> right on. <laughs> just um, to, you know, cover my bases. Let's uh, let's talk about what else we're watching. Yeah, that, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah, what el- what else are you watching? Well, I'd like to mention two things. One, I just rewatched Pan's Labyrinth. Oh my god, so good! That is such a good movie. It's one of those so movies. imaginative. It is, and it's um, it's a movie. It's like the um, particular genre that I love, which is a, a film that just takes place in the world that just has a small element of the fantastic. You, if you want to call it magical realism, I actually don't think this is magical realism. I think this is realism with. And then with a, a yeah. little chunks of fantasy in it, it's a wonderful combination of those two things. It's heartbreaking. It's uh, tra- tragic and devastating. It's also beautiful and scary. It's a wonderful movie. And then that, that's such a good one. Yeah, that's a great one. And then a movie I have watched in the past, but I'm about to rewatch because I'm reading Breakfast at Tiffany's. By by Truman Capote, and I'm I'm seeing how different it is and how similar it is to the film. But fundamentally, the character of Holly Golightly seems awful to me. (laughs) Really, reading it now, and Audrey Hepburn in Breakfast at Tiffany's is so charming and lovely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Think of Audrey Hepburn is wonderful, but in the book, it's just like I just don't. I think I'm supposed to sympathize with you in a couple of different ways, but there's some fundamental stuff about you. I do not like, so I'm interested to go. Yeah, exactly. I do think I want to go back and watch the movie again. I mean, there's obviously a, a very particularly famously racist part in the film, but that's not even what I'm talking about. That obviously is messed up. Um, Mm -hmm. But what I remember of her character in the main story is so different than what I'm reading in the, by the way, that, that particular racist part, not in the book. Oh wow! Added. Oh, an addition. I know that character is a needless addition. Yeah, not not so racistly portrayed. So I'm just interested to compare the two again. Nice. What have you been watching? I'm still watching Werner Herzog. Oh yeah, that's great. You've been digging in. I'm just on such a tear. I have now. I last week or this this past week, 
I watched Lo and Behold, Reveries of the Connected World, which is oh, like yeah. talking about the internet. This yeah. is made like, you know, 10 years ago and it's already like helplessly out of date. Um, <laughs> but it is like interesting to hear him be like, the internet is a view into the world. Yeah. And like his kind of like wonder with this thing that will surely change us and has. Um, and then last night I watched Into the Inferno, uh, which is about volcanoes. Oh, right. On Netflix. And uh, that was so incredible because I feel like on a lot of things that I have watched of his, it's like filmed on like Super 8 or something like that. And uh, the like, Herzog does like not really care about budget and uh, is a lot of times is, is just kind of, I think, charmingly careless in how he... Um, gets what he's getting. Yeah. Just as long as he, you know, gets the story. Um, uh, but I, I think there's obviously like a, a, a good budget here and they shot it like with really good cameras and yeah. uh, just like films of like lava, rivers yeah. of lava. <laughs> Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I just like so obsessed with Herzog and how he how he has a subject for each film that is anthropological in itself and is part of the physical world and how he mixes that with, of course, the human world. It kind of like every, I think in kind of like binging these, you see the patterns and the like view into the mind. And it's like Grizzly Man and Into the Inferno are similar ways where here are kind of like the outer extremities of the natural world. Uh, grizzlies, which are huge predators, and then volcanoes, which are these things that, you know, that man perils in comparison to. These are these are things that are larger than us and kind of like the the interest and the fascination with these larger things and what that says about us and and kind of how it portrays humanity as something that is smaller than the physical world and his kind of like obsession with that. And, and then the people in it, he, he turns the camera on the crew, you know, and like they're there to oh, like yeah. shoot this, this, uh, this, this volcano. And he is like, so interested in the crew that's going up and he's filming them, like walking up this mountain. And they're like, what are you doing? Filming us. You're supposed to be filming the volcano. And he, <laughs> and he is, he's interested in, in these people that are, that are going up and are interested in this too. I, I just love him. You yeah. know, I, 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 and I will continue to watch more. Yeah. And then because- he'll make a delightful film with penguins. It's just, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's all over in a good way. Yeah, yeah, I recently, uh, not to self-promote, but I recently drew a picture of uh, Vern Herzog <laughs> and Klaus Kinski. On the I, day where I was watching Grizzly Man, our oh, brains. Oh, yeah. Were oh, that's right. And I posted it. And it's really funny. to It's it's heartening to see how many people are fans of uh, Werner Herzog. And yeah. like, oh, my gosh. Klaus reminded them of Klaus Kinski and that whole thing. Mm. and it's been really funny to have conversations with people based on it. Yeah. But yeah, I need to dig in more too. I I've seen a fair number, but he has so much that it's only, it's only a fraction. Yeah. Uh, Everyone should check out that film. Yes. Check that out. And also, uh, check out, we started talking about all in the fight for democracy. So make sure you watch that on Amazon and vote like your life depends on it. Yeah. 
Okay, Cinnabuds is brought to you by... What's the first thing I say? Um, it's produced by... Edited. Oh, edited yeah. by DJ Kenny Perez. Yay! Our theme song is from Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. I am unfamiliar with him. Uh, yeah, uh, we get handcrafted <laughs> inspiration from the licensed lab. Yo. And we also get help from Associated Bank on both sides. You, I doff my cap to them. Yes, we do. And uh, um, who else do we thank here? Members of Milwaukee Film and uh, 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. The most beautiful people in the world. And then this would not be possible if we didn't have voter extraordinaire. Christopher oh, Pollard. Is it me? Yeah, I vote. I don't want to brag, but I vote. He's voted. I, I vote, vote for you. I vote all no. day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you for listening. Bye. The opinions expressed by the hosts of Cinnabuds are of their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, Milwaukee Film, or their employees.